Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a moment to tell you a little bit about our new partner, artandobject.com. Artandobject.com is a great new site that provides up-to-date information about art, art history, and what is happening in the art world. It's a great resource that features current exhibitions all around the world and showcases arts-related content, like podcasts. Be sure to check it out at www.artandobject.com. I also wanted to quickly thank all of our patrons for making the Art History Babes possible, and a special thank you to our producer-level patrons, Sarah Sawachka-Dalton and Anna-Marie Piccioni. We seriously appreciate y'all so much. If you would like to learn how to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes. And enjoy the show! From Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. And we are the Art History Babes. Coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts. Boston. <laughs> we have two very special guests with us here today. Mr. Jason Chase. Hello. And Miss Taryn Johnson. Hello. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Thanks for coming out to Boston. Yeah. Thanks for inviting us out to I Boston. I know. So, we have been doing all kinds of fun stuff since we've been here. Last night, Jason had a, a showcase at the Boston Museum of Fine Arts. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Jason? Yeah. So, for the last few months, I've been organizing a group of artworks in Singularity Black with NanoLab and almost in honor of Hub Week, which around here is a Boston celebration of sciences, a big festival they have. The Museum of Fine Arts hosted my work last night, uh, where I was able to debut four new pieces and had over 10 pieces of, uh, of artwork that I've made in the last year. And you got to wear the blackest little black dress on earth. I did get to wear the blackest little black dress on it. It's on the internet. You should check it out. And Taryn, she helped me make the blackest little black dress on earth. I did. Mm -hmm. I was the seamstress (laughs) designer 
dress designer seamstress. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Collaborator. Collaborator. Yeah, I like that word. Before we get into that, we'll get mm-hmm. into that a little bit more. Taryn, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and all you're about? <laughs> Your place in the world. I'm an illustrator and animator, and I do a lot of work in children's media and illustration and animation in both the digital world, books, fabric. And I also have an Etsy shop because I like to make enamel pins and art prints and stuff like that. Very cool. We're we're fans of pins. Yeah, over here. <laughs> yeah, they're really they're fun to make because they're so little and mm-hmm. cute and decorative. Yeah, for sure. What's your Etsy shop? My Etsy shop is TarenMakes.etsy.com. We'll have that linked in the show notes yeah. for all y'all, so you can check it out as Definitely. well. Do, do you have any? This is. I'm just gonna go off, but like, do you have any characters or anything that you illustrate that are like a recurring? I really like to illustrate fish. Ooh. Um, Ooh, so I that's fun. studied a little bit of marine biology when I was in college mm-hmm. and it's still a big passion of mine. So that's probably my favorite thing to draw is sea creatures and fish. And that's fun. That Even is fun. The ocean. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the right place for it too. I feel like I, I am. Yeah. yeah very nautical <laughs> town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got a great aquarium here. So we're right by it. Feels. Is it oh, cool? Are. Yeah. We're literally right there. Yeah. That's you should. You should. Time. I would love to yeah. hit the aquarium. I love the ocean the almost as much as I love ghosts. <laughs> almost. There's ghosts in Boston. Sure. Fish ghosts. At the very Fish least, ghosts. you should. Um, at the very least, you should go over there, and they have the harbor seals right in front, so you don't oh, even have yeah. to enter the museum to see them. Love and seals and yeah. sea lions. But the museum Super construction friendly. is cool. The tank is in the center, and then the walkway just goes up around it. Oh, like whoa. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. There are iPads set around the giant ocean tank. Mm -hmm. I actually did the graphic design for those. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, little fish finder app. I was going to ask if you have had a lot of success in like working with places like aquariums or like things involving the sea and conservation and stuff like that. Seafood restaurants. Seafood, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> menus for seafood restaurants that'd be pretty good yeah. i mean that app was through my previous job where i was working for a company and mm-hmm. they were hired to do that but i haven't done a lot of collaboration i know that someone bought a bunch of my enamel pins to hand out to their volunteers at the monterey Bay. yeah yeah we know the monterey bay aquarium oh okay that's okay there's a there's an aquarium <laughs> a california aquarium one of them? yes no oh i remember I know somebody bought a bunch of enamel pins from my Etsy shop to hand out to the volunteers at the Santa Monica Aquarium. Yes. Very Um, cool. That was kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. What was the pin? The Harbor Seal pin. Oh, seal. Is that so Corey snagged one of your business cards that has the seal painted on it. Is that a different seal? It's also a Harbor Seal, but it's not the same design as the pin. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, we've talked about on previous episodes how we want to do like like an ocean art episode. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, well, we, Taryn's all about. Hello. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Hi. she's yeah. taught me the names of a ton of species that like I reckon I know their photos, but now now I know they're what they're called. And wait, you hadn't heard of a whale shark before? Yeah, but I'd seen it. I just couldn't believe the name was that stupidly simple. <laughs> like, what is that? Kind of a whale, kind of a shark. Somewhere in between. It's like if a whale and a shark had a baby. Like, not every- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And apparently whoever named that one was like, we don't need to overthink this. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah. But then the other thing that you teach me about is like, 
Like you stay on top of the trends of animals and illustration. I don't know if I'm on or you top tr- well, of it. Well, you try to though. Like you're aware of it. I was not aware of that kind of stuff. It does happen. Like yeah. I know foxes were super in a few years. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. And owls. Mm-hmm. And then right now, yeah. I think it's alpacas. It was. And oh yeah. Moths. Yeah. So all I can think about is like in the illustration world, there's just different concerns. Like, but mm-hmm. absolutely, those sort of things, like animal illustration trends. Well, and I'm thinking, like, what does the fox say? That's probably what <laughs> yeah. spurred the fox. Probably, like yeah. truly. Yeah. I was also thinking Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. I feel like those coincided. Oh, yeah, those are around the yeah. same time. Yeah. So what do you think is in now? Right now? I know, well, like last year, like I don't know how relevant it is now, but I know like jungle animals and alpacas, uh, unicorns are still in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like those will <laughs> always be in <laughs> to yeah. some degree. <laughs> yeah. Butterflies and moths are really mm-hmm. in. Just a fun, different thing to think about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's not something I've ever really gave a lot of attention to, but you just saying that there have been some really clear trends on social media of right. like animals that people are into and stuff like but that. But on the flip side, like, is there ever an illustrator who's all dressed like America's top model judge and walks in and is like, raccoons are out. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a raccoon I hope. You are. <laughs> You're not going to get work anywhere. Exactly. No one's buying raccoons right now. No one. No one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So can you guys tell us, I mean, just from your own personal experience, anything about the Boston art scene? Like any cool stuff? Definitely. It's expanding still. Galleries are growing again, which is nice. And we have an area here that is nicknamed Sowa, south of Washington, where there's a cluster of galleries that are pretty hip and new businesses coming in. The ICA is definitely killing it. The Museum of Fine Arts, it's not only, you know, I'm not a fan of them just because they hosted me last night, but the Museum of Fine Arts for the last 20 years, honestly, has has Mm -hmm. made drastic improvements on trying to engage not not only younger or more contemporary, but different aspects of the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's not the easiest, biggest scene in the country for sure, but I think it's getting better, and I'm definitely comfortable here. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like my knowledge of the art scene in the area is less about fine arts and more just like there's lots of open studio events and craft mm-hmm. fairs. Mm-hmm. And right, which art. we've been doing. Yeah, we have done those. So we also, because of the attention that my work's been getting, I'll get invited to do just like local arts things. And so, you know, they're sometimes extremely expensive artworks. So I crowbar Taryn in there, and she just kills it selling pins all day mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Like we were in the Somerville Food Festival, and I was there with black made for NASA. <laughs> yeah. And people would walk over and be like, this is what I read about somewhere, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and we're right between, like, we're a beer booth and a coffee. 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 Yeah, that we were right next to coffee. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the craft scene here, I think that, I, that completely counts as the arts. Yeah, it's yeah. Zero. There's also a really nice little animation community. There's mm. a monthly group called Animatic Boston that tries to get everybody involved in the animation industry together. And they're doing a really great job. I think actually tonight they have an event with Rick and Morty. Director of Rick, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Love Rick and Morty. That's, cool. <laughs> that's right, of course, Ali. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come to think of all of this stuff, Somerville in general. So that's the area that both Taryn and I live in of Boston. It's called Somerville. Mm-hmm. It's fully it become more supportive of craft and fine arts with different festivals they have. They just hosted that Pin Fest. The right. Somerville Open Studios is huge. Like most open studios in most areas, are there over a thousand participants now? There's a ton. There's that's a lot. I I don't know. Know. In the open studios, like yeah, not so. just visitors, like. 
Oh yeah, like that's just Somerville. on a good day. That's just Somerville. Cool. So on a good day, like this that's last one we incredible. hosted, and hopefully the next one this spring, there'll be times when my studio is just a flow. Yeah. of people coming through. Dope. So Somerville and I think in Boston in general, I truly believe it's getting much more supportive. Or I don't even know if I can say that it is supportive of the arts. Yeah, and especially the more like I don't want to call it crafty. Too many people have turned that into a bad word. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it, it is what it is. I mean, I think yeah. I like we talk about this on the show all the time, and like I don't think like the word craft is a problem, but the distinction between art and craft is a problem. Like as yeah. though like craft isn't art, mm-hmm. like because yeah. it's just I, as much. I don't, you know? I don't believe. Yeah, I've never believed. Yeah, that. me either. Like like when you see weather vanes that farmers were banging out of copper in like even the forties, that stuff gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's the other, the makers crowds mm-hmm. or makers places in the Boston area. Those oh, are yeah. grown we too. Have the artisans, oh, the asylum. artisans asylum down. That's here in Somerville as well. <laughs> that's an awesome name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really cool. They have like a jewelry center. They have a screen printing center. They have make your own bicycle. Whoa, shop. Yeah, oh, really that's cool. Dope. It's a big badass maker space. You know, once you're a member, you have access to all these different things. That's really cool. Laser cutters. I believe they have a CNC machine. I'm not sure about that though. They definitely have 3D printing, and anyway, it's a fully outfitted area. Yeah, you can rent a little section and yeah, yeah. like a studio. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, so that's what I would say about the Boston art scene. It's actually really fun and creative. And it sounds like it's very inclusive. Yeah, it is. Especially like I like the makers community that I've met just because I'm working with a new material. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are just killer. Mm-hmm. They're so fun and talented. <laughs> yeah, it seems like with the makers community and the idea of making, it's just a lot more open-ended, which I think is very conducive to art making you know you yeah. have just the possibility of like using materials in all these different ways and it's not as just like defined to like painting or drawing right. or or like you know if you <laughs> although i'd love to see one written if you wanted to create a five foot r2d2 thing because a lot of makers seem to be into that pop culture <laughs> kind of stuff <laughs> At the end of that, they don't have to justify it with an artist statement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Although I would love to see yeah. like, a fine artist statement written about like that'd be amazing. A really, you know, just one of those just really heavy, hard to read. Yeah, things. And at the end of it, you look and there's just a big R two D two. I think that's a line a lot of like artists makers have to toe in some way, like to make their art just like applicable to different crowds and yeah. like different situations, like. If you're in a more like fine art setting, you have to kind of play it up with like your big fancy art school words. But then yeah. in another yeah. setting, it can be more pop culture mm-hmm. based, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. I, we talked about this a little bit just earlier today. I like that in my career as it's expand or my works are expanding. I've got work that are kind of dipping their toes into all kinds of those different things. And at least the way that I'm running right now, I'm just putting them all out together and I don't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's here. Have it. Yeah. Yeah, it's here. Yeah. That one's a trinket. Uh, that one... <laughs> That one is not. <laughs> exactly. I I want to see that on labels. I this is a trinket. This is not. <laughs> this is not. Those are the labels. Yeah. Clearly defined. Well, the label on the one that's this is not is going to be a long, esoteric, and arrogant art statement. Like, yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> it would also be fun to do like an art history text about like trinkets. Like <laughs> like an art historical analysis of the category of trinkets. Oh like now I'm intrigued by that idea. That would be mm-hmm. good. <laughs> Should we take a quick break and then come back and talk about 
the events last night and the dress and yeah, all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, let's do that. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Back on. All right, cool. I turned it up a little. Is the echo really bad? Hello, hello. I mean, it's there, but I, hello. I feel like we can. Yeah, can okay. Let's deal with it. You just explain yeah. to everyone you're in a concrete studio. I know. Yeah. Have grace with us. Or a cave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have returned. We are here with Jason Chase and Taryn Johnson. I love that you turn on the radio voice every time. I like, do. Yeah. Whenever we come back, right into it. Yeah. Whenever we come back from breaks, I go full <laughs> NPR. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> hello. NPR is the weird whispery one. I like. Yeah. Terry yeah. Gross. Yeah. 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 I get very. I just get quieter than my normal voice and and i don't know my instinct is to just be very calm when we come back from breaks <laughs> even though that's not my broadcaster persona in any way <laughs> just gotta um, warm people back into it exactly. ease them back into the conversation welcome <laughs> wow that was pretty good <laughs> but yeah we're here here with jason and taryn talking about the boston art scene and also talking about the blackest little black dress on the planet it's just a cool thing to say yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah it's a fun title it's just a fun thing to like be able to objectively say like this is the blackest yeah. dress that exists yeah and garment mm-hmm. on the planet mm-hmm. yeah when we were doing spectral testing on it it has anomaly spots on it that were like some of the darkest things that the lab has done wow yeah yeah it's amazing yeah it's, it's so cool So last night, Jason had a showcase at the Boston Museum of Fine Arts, kind of showcasing his work with Nanolab using Singularity Black. If you want to know more about Singularity Black and like the specifics and all the science behind it, we did an episode a while back kind of hashing all that out. We're also making content while we're here. We were just in the lab today and got some like really cool video footage and we got to make something with Singularity Black yeah. basically in real time, which was really cool. Yeah, we made a piece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we made, what was it? Hydrophobic. Hydrophobic Tom. Yeah, hot, hydrophobic Tom. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to see that, there will be YouTube content of that. So definitely check that out. But we're going to focus, I think, a little bit more on the dress because that's kind of been the, I mean, it's kind of the reason we're here and it's yeah. the two of you worked together on it. So can you tell us a little bit about that? How it came to yep. be, how you guys worked together to make it happen? Yeah, easily. So the works that I'm making in Singularity Black really for the last six months and what I, what I intend to do in the future is really make artworks that are unparalleled and can only really function because of their complete darkness. It's not even really a blackness that concerns me. It's more of like it's a void. It's actually swallowing light. And so what I wanted to do when it came to the dress was when I became artist in residence, they basically were like, hey, we would like you to really push the throttle down on a piece. Basically, you know, I could make something big. And so I said about what's the most, what would be the most impactful thing that I could do. Or iconic. And so it absolutely came down to an icon. So when you just take an object 
and black it out, which is what the first piece was. The iron arsa is just taking a, you know, iron gummy bear and blacking it out. But if you do it to anything, it'll change its context or affect its context. So the example that I always use is like if I took a lamp, if I took a lamp or even just a light bulb and blacked it out, to me, that's intellectually, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Like you're flipping something on its head, Mm -hmm. something that's supposed to emote light and all of a sudden it's swallowing light. Yeah. But for me, the icon of the dress, I started to think of what are the most iconic black things. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing to me that even comes close to the little black dress, just what it means, its impact, Mm -hmm. how long it's been around. And what I thought would happen, and now that it's actually together, I think that it's really working. It deepens the iconography without changing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like like you wore a little black dress right next to it, Mm -hmm. and it didn't look nearly as good or impressive. Yeah, (laughs) truly. No, I had multiple people be like, you know your dress is not the blackest here. And I was like, yes, I actually do know that. I do have to say, though, yours like... She looked great. But like of the... Because there was a lot of of people... Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people wearing black last night that would come up and stay next to me. And a lot of them like looked like gray next to the dress. But your black dress kind of kept up. Like your black dress was good. I don't think it's been washed. I think that's a dress that I bought that I like try on a lot like I think I'm gonna wear this and then I don't so it I don't right. think it's ever been washed I think that's the first time I've like worn it for. that might have been it it was just <laughs> fresh off the the rack yeah fresh off the rack well no, done that's Zara right. that's what they should call it fresh off the rack black yeah. <laughs> fresh off the rack black yeah, I like that but no so like it just proved true that, like the first time that it was worn by Michaela for the press release mm-hmm. the release shots of it mm-hmm. when she walked into the room it was a different thing. It was yeah. Like, it kind of proved whatever that effect is of a black dress mm-hmm. that, it, that you're just like, oh, man, like they look really good. It was yeah. that on a 10. Yes. And so for me, that that was just the coolest part about that art mm-hmm. was to make that. But so on the flip side, how Taryn got involved, I've known Taryn for quite some time. She's a local artist just like I am. But I can't sew. And so and there's a lot of these projects as I start to expand where to make these interesting void forms, I have to rely on other people. I've got to find people who can do things that I can't do or it's not going to get made like 3D printing or motorizing something mm-hmm. or in the future installations, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So Taryn was the first one that I thought of who I knew could help me mm-hmm. and also that I trusted and knew that you could make good stuff. So I gave her a call. Yeah. And Jason was basically like, can you make me a dress? I want to make a dress. And he had a sketch. Like he had a very specific vision in mind of one of his paintings made with singularity black behind someone wearing this dress and a specific pose and a skirt shape. So I basically took that sketch and made some modifications. I think originally he had drawn like a scoop neck. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know, I really wanted to make a mock neck Mm -hmm. because it would just kind of cut off the head yeah, in yeah, a definitely. really unique way. Yes. And sleeveless because I think it's really flattering. So I wanted it to be sleeveless because I just, I don't know, arms, like yeah. if, if it cuts off in the right place where the shoulder is, it can like create a really nice mm-hmm. arm. I gave it a big full skirt so Jason could have that kind of keyhole shape that he was going for. And I added a bow sort of like you can cinch it really tight and that was also because we weren't 100% sure who was going to be wearing the dress so it needed to um, be like yeah cinchable yeah so I tried to make it fit I took Michaela's measurements and my measurements and sort of just like came up with something in between and a cinchable waist so you could get it really tight mm-hmm. and just kind of simple classic 
iconic dress. Yeah, yeah definitely. But the, but there were a couple of different things when the drawings went back and forth and it started to come together, like the idea of closing that, exposing the arms, and how the arms would also start to get exposed when they were against the black circle behind it. But then other little things, too, about the specific height of the skirt. Because, like, there's some little black dresses out there that are lil Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i didn't want to ride that line at all yeah like i didn't i didn't want to approach that but i also didn't want to make a gown yeah you know and these are all new thoughts for someone who's just been a painter for 20 years yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. i was i was actually going to ask both of you because this is very much an example of you know experimental fine art meets fashion Mm -hmm. and like how fashion has either informed the way that you think about art or do your art or if if you've thought about these things and relation to each other before or if this was kind of like a first time you were dealing with all these ideas together it was a first for me to really delve into fashion but i would love the opportunity to do more i I really would i think it would be so cool to have i don't know about a line like absolutely there's other iconic forms out there in black a tuxedo or just even Mm -hmm. a black suit Mm -hmm. you know go for like the male thing Mm -hmm. next even accessories yeah definitely but, you know, it's just a matter of there's been so much actual just ground and pound working on the body of work until now, just kind of waiting for opportunities to arise to do more of that kind of stuff. But I would be way, I would be way, way, way into it. There's also pockets. Oh, I love that aspect. Yeah, she threw pockets in it, which then she explained to me how rare that is. Yeah, no, in, it's brilliant. In dresses. And like, and so appreciated. Well, I love yeah. yeah. Right. So to me, that was huge that you did that. Put like, pockets so, on Yeah. It? So that mm-hmm. the little black dress, like, it's also got pockets in it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. functional. And, well, I was also picturing, like, you could put your hands in it maybe and it would look, yeah. I don't know, kind of mm-hmm. cool, but. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's become even like a meme at this point, but it's like such a, a ubiquitous thing, like, every time, like. If you're wearing a dress and has pockets in it and someone compliments your dress, like the first thing you're like, yeah. thanks, it has pockets. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's such a- <laughs> like it's such a real thing. And you're then, like, and it has pockets. Yeah. It's kind of That's the like, undercurrent. Every dress I make, I try to find a way to include pockets. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. like if it has a side zipper, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to mm-hmm. like- Put but, a pocket in there. <laughs> but that's like totally a designer's thing in women's clothes to deny po- pockets and pants and dresses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're just like there's, so I mean, insane. there's some people that have made like kind of historical like feminist arguments about that. Like, we don't need a place to carry a wallet because what's a woman doing with money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know? That's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. So having pockets like on one. Oh, pupper. Okay. Yeah, my um, dog May is here in the studio. With she's us. the cutest. Having pockets in one sense is just kind of this like cute kind of funny thing, but it's also like, I don't know, kind of rooted in something very real about, you know, the yeah. female experience. Yeah, I think like it's that. a I think it's a real real thing. Yeah, the, yeah. The, and it totally yeah, amps up the functionality of the yeah. clothing for yeah, sure. Yeah, so like the importance Hi, of it. Say, say something. Tell him. Tell me what you're <laughs> she, she never gets any pockets. No pockets. You definitely babe? can't use pockets. You don't even have thumbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ouch! Way to just go straight for the guttural. <laughs> she is the cutest pup. Yeah, the much. cutest. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> the cutest friend. I mean, you should definitely check out our YouTube yeah, channel you guys will for videos see of her. May all yeah. over this content. <laughs> she is. She's got an Instagram page too. Oh, what? does she? May the mutt. May the mud. mud. We'll link that right next to Taryn's shop. (laughs) On Instagram, you must follow. Um, 
<laughs> oh, what a cutie. That was so good. But yeah, everything that Taryn added to the original drawing, I'll, and I'll get you guys a copy of the original drawing. Oh, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be so great. cool. The, next to, and the drawing, I didn't spend much time on. You can tell it's like, a, it's a sketch. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is mm-hmm. it. The drawing next to the original photo with Michaela in it, they're pretty strikingly similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the additions that she made, and not just doing them, but thinking about it, the utility of the cinch so that we could put it on multiple people, because mm-hmm. I never wanted it to be a one and done sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I love that there can be more images created with it and then everything that she added just added on top it was awesome yeah i'd love to make more stuff yeah and that's kind of part of the beauty of it is both the style and the way you did the sizing it's flattering on many body types like it's very applicable to yeah a lot of different body types which is also not the case with a lot of women's clothing yeah Yeah. (laughs) right yeah, the versatility of it and just like the classic design of it, mm-hmm. it just all works together really well. It, it's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is that? No, <laughs> almost everything in Jason's house is vintage or picked yeah. up at a thrift shop. It's so cool. Back to the dress? Yeah, <laughs> back back to yeah, black. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I would love to start thinking about the other items that it, that it would have artistic impact on. Well, black is used so much in fashion. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it's always in style. Black is just... Yeah, it's always a good choice. Yeah. Makes like, up always. 75% of my closet, at least. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I think there's some other artistic ways that clothing could actually make a flip when they're voided out. Mm-hmm. Like if I wanted to continue down, like speaking to like a feminist issue or something like that. Like, what if I took an apron and just removed everything about it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that could be interesting. It was blacked out. Yeah, like that's not for the kitchen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's for staring into the void. That's for staring into the void. Yeah, yeah, that's not for spills anymore. <laughs> so looking- I, I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot more that I could do that could cross a fashion sort of void black line, which mm-hmm. would be cool. But immediately now that the dress is here, well, you know, and it exists, getting eyes on it in, in just all the venues that I've done, like the premiere with Michaela's images, Taryn actually wearing it when it came out at Design Week. Which was really cool for me that, you know, the one I collaborated with and made it was in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah, awesome. That cool. And then to have you guys in it. I felt really yeah. fucking cool. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also like you guys have a full understanding of context. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so exactly. That's really cool. But I absolutely do think that the next context, I would love to find a way, and I'm working on it. I would love to find a way to get it on like a runway or. Oh yeah, red definitely. Or something like Just that. the interesting things you could do thinking of runway and how runway can kind of like spread out into not just a woman walking down a catwalk. People are kind of changing the settings of runway shows mm-hmm. and things like that. So to do something interesting with like the different layers of black could be so cool. Oh yeah. Like to have a backdrop that was built for people in singularity yeah. black walking in front of it. Yeah. Disappear, all that yeah. Kind of stuff. Like yeah. the way you could mess with the lighting and oh. So One immediate idea that I'd love to have, maybe it's not bad to put that out on your show, and we were talking about this, having a ballerina in it at night. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. So all you would see is legs, arms, and head. Ballerinas really know how to pose. Like They yeah. can create these really lovely lines with mm-hmm. their bodies, mm-hmm. and just seeing 
Even if it was with the dress, just even like. Well, if you could do like an actual like a leotard and a yeah. tutu yeah. in right. that exactly. in the black, Something that would like be that. really cool. I think I think the dress in its current form could pull off the shot against it, the night sky. Yeah, yeah, no, it but, could. You could definitely do cool oh, but the things. Of like a but, leotard. Oh yeah. Yeah. If oh, you like if the, you wanted to do like a really like a an actual like like ballet poses <laughs> and like a kind of like that kind of feel like yeah. doing a full leotard would be really cool. Oh yeah. There's, there's we've been contacted at the lab. Uh, they've been contacted. I don't even know the number, but a handful of people who've wanted like leotards and ever, and occasionally like, can I have a complete camouflage? <laughs> that would be a trip kind of like the green man from like yeah, exactly. always sunny but like all black that'd be great <laughs> yeah. well on a stage setting where you can control the light and mm-hmm. you can yeah. control exactly what people are seeing that would be, that'd be really so cool. much fun to experiment with yeah. like i love all of that a lot yeah that would be really cool <laughs> yeah so yeah all all the ideas are out there that's just you know which ones can get made mm-hmm. so but, yeah yeah i hope so yeah in terms of like using it for performance type situations mm-hmm. i'm also thinking now i'm like thinking because like i have a long dance oh yeah you got a dance background yeah yeah i taught dance for a long time so i'm thinking about like what you can do with a stage full of people in those leotards too yeah. like oh, yeah. well especially if you guys get the like whitest white and then yeah. you can kind of like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like there's a lot of potential there. And right. then if you could do like ballet slippers that color, oh, oh that'd be dope. So much possibility. <laughs> they would just kind of look like they're on stilts, right? If- well, depending on what well, the yeah, backdrop. Yeah, yeah. yeah, depending on, and it would depend on if they're wearing skin tone or if they're wearing black. Right. What um, color the floor well, actually, black, is? You, know, oh, you can the control whatever black? the shape is. You can make them look like they're on needlepoint pins or something like, like you know, coming down to a... Do whatever you want. Yeah, but just, I mean, just how dark and powerful the color is like it would create i think a new effect for typical dance you know i think it could yeah like i I feel like a pointed like a pointed foot in a ballet slipper is gonna look a lot different in this color than it would yeah yeah i gotta get a dancer in it (laughs) i had one yeah i mean i'm like you had one but i just i just wasn't in dance mode (laughs) i mean we have we have boston ballet right here so yeah if anyone's of, listening, gotta have some dancers. Yeah, yeah. it would also it would also be cool. Man, I'm just like going off the rails, but it'd also be cool to do like like yoga in like yoga oh. pants and like yeah. stuff like that. The doing, blackest leggings. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then doing like cool like acrobatic stuff in it, right. like circus. Oh my god, circus would love this kind okay. of stuff. We Cirque have a circus LA. in Somerville. So exactly. This would be perfect for stuff like that. I haven't considered this though, but I've always really liked the work of photographers who use like the human nude. And Mm -hmm. have you ever seen, you've seen those photographs and there's multiple people who do this where they get the, they get the human nude to just contort in a way that it doesn't look like even human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's been some more, there's been some more recent ones where they're Photoshopping it and I hate those. You're like, there's three arms there. (laughs) I haven't thought about that. If there were black leggings, you could yeah, do, you or could like do, black bodysuits and stuff like that. A, you could do a human distortion image that would be pretty. Yeah, I also so like my main dance outlet anymore is I do like hoop dancing, like with hula hoops. Oh yeah, and do you like do the hoops that go up. No, 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 I don't okay. do aerial hoops. I'd like to learn how to so do that's aerial, an aerial hoop. hoop. Yeah, but I do just like that, like the stuff yeah. with. But like, 
black hula hoops. Yeah, you could <laughs> sell both. Like you could do black. Oh my yeah. god, that'd be so trippy. Like those. Oh, that would be really cool. It would like your body would be getting cut in half. Yeah. Uh, so you could do black hula hoops and then you like match that up with things like lighting. You could do some really cool stuff with just like shape and circle. Yeah. But then also on the flip side, a lot of times hoops for like hoop dancing, you can do like the LED hoops that light up. So if the dancer was wearing all singularity black and then had like an LED hoop, LED, yeah. that like you could be doing oh. really cool things with that. With all the advancements in LED and like stage lighting, even light installation and mm-hmm. art, just yeah. light Oh in yeah, general, yeah, yeah, yeah. This contrasting with that, those projects and art pieces are going to be so cool in the future. You're it's like so getting cool. me so excited about so many ideas. That's, well, that's one of the most exciting things about showing these works is more than any other more than any other things that i've made people respond to the works and they're they they start everyone starts coming up with the ways that they want to see it Mm -hmm. the parts is where it's funny is when i've dumped like like it didn't happen last night but it's happened before like you dump your heart and soul and all of these hours into these finished pieces it happened a lot at open studios and someone comes up and they're looking at something that you you know really Mm -hmm. dumped into and they're like you know what would be really cool? And like, <laughs> you know what would make this better? You know yeah. Better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> definitely. Like, <laughs> but I get it. I get it. It's, a, it's, it's just a, more an excitement of like the possibilities yeah. of where all this can yeah, go. It's, it's yeah, it's genuinely new. People are like, what in the hell is that? Yeah. And it doesn't take long until people who aren't even in the industry like we are who start creating ideas. Exactly. Which is really exciting because we talk a lot about how people can feel intimidated by the art scene and by museums and artists and talking about art and they get really insecure. So in a way, it's kind of annoying when people try and come up and tell you like how to improve on something you've put everything into. And in another way, it's really cool that they're so comfortable talking about it. Mm. It's like those guards that are almost always there just immediately come down and it's like people just kind of slip into that because that doesn't happen super often with people talking with artists about art like generally people clam up and they just have no idea yeah so it's like the pendulum swinging so far the other way and i think it's cool with something like this too is that it's something that like what just happened is like every person who finds it interesting is going to think of ways it's applicable to their own interests. And that is like fantastic in itself. The way that I think everyone could, could spin it to be applicable in some way to something like that is, yeah, that's like revolutionary stuff. You know, it's really fun and it's really fun to make art that engages people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like my best engagements that I have with like making a painting. I've seen when someone's standing and looking at a painting on a wall and enjoying it, but like pieces like that, the, the, I have this piece called the invisible man. (laughs) It's got two 3d printed pillars that when they rotate, that creates the image of my head rotating in thin air. That thing looks abstract to people for the first time when they're looking at it, like Mm -hmm. abstracted to like, they can't, they have no idea what they're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Two rotating black pillars. And for the first time ever in my art, I've seen now dozens of people staring at it. They don't know what they're looking at. But then all of a sudden it clicks and they see it. And there's a genuine look of like happiness and a smile. Yeah. And they're like, Haha, that's cool. They're in on the and joke. Like, that is really addictive. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I've never had a painting just take someone who come into a gallery who's got their gallery, you know, scrunchy face on. <laughs> <laughs> And then look at a painting and or something, or, you know, look at look at art and like melt. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really fun. Yeah. And the dress does that, and a bunch of these other Void Black works do that. And yeah, I'm going to continue going down that path. For oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Because that was the other thing. So that at the MFA, it was the dress and the 10 other works, and I debuted four new pieces. So yeah, it was a big night. It was. It was a big night. It was, it was cool. a great turnout. It was very cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, everybody, if anyone's listening who went. Yeah. Also, shout out to Erica, a listener of ours that we got to meet. Oh, yeah, last she was night. cool. Yeah. She was amazing. We love you. And thank you for coming out. It was really nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. But yeah, it was a really cool night. This dress is just like super dope. Thanks. <laughs> well so, done, yeah. guys. So, should I talk about the other stuff that's coming up? Or. Yeah, yeah. What do you got coming up? So immediately the things that I'm excited about. So my work's going to be up at Atelier Gallery in... uh, This podcast will probably be up a while, but anyway. At Atelier Gallery in Newport on the 21st. But behind the scenes, I'm creating a body of work based on the observations of Cody McCoy. And so if anyone saw the... Was that a documentary? The Planet Earth Nat Geo thing? Yeah, it's a a documentary. It's on Netflix. It's a docu-series. So there's this really fun part where the bird of paradise pops out and it's this really black bird with a super blue pop on its chest. So Cody went down and studied that bird and found its structural black, which is what singularity black is. It's black because light goes in and gets trapped and doesn't return because of its structure. Mm -hmm. And so nature does it too. And nature's doing it on that bird and some spiders even, but nature's doing it on that bird and its feather construction. So she went down and collected feathers and watched them and made observations about how nature uses not only structural black, but structural color and in its organization. And so she wrote this paper on it. And it was really interesting, the things that she put out. But it caught my attention and everyone's attention because they're like, look, there's also real black in nature, Mm -hmm. which like the scientists, we all knew it. Mm-hmm. But it was just a cool thing. But, you know, I live and work in Somerville. Harvard's a walking distance from here. So we're collaborating. And last night I debuted two new pieces that are basically based off of how she has observed nature's using those observations. And I'm hoping to make a body of at least six more works based on what she's figuring out with Mother Nature. So I'm also continuing with the science and art collaboration. And again, it's another thing that could not have happened unless I was living and working in Boston. Yeah. She's here. That's the weird thing is... Yeah, Waltham's just up the road where the lab is. Yeah, Cody is over at Harvard. Yeah. It's very serendipitous. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very lucky. So yeah, that's exciting. I'm really excited about the new stuff because I really don't even know how that's going to look yet. Yeah. She's come for a couple sessions to basically unload on me how she believes nature works. And now I'm trying to figure out the first two pieces are very minimal because I'm trying to baby step my way into, I want to replicate what a peacock does. Yeah. But also in an explainable way to other artists where it's not only in a piece, but it'll be like, you know what? You can do this. And so like one of the first things that she taught me and that she learned from nature is that you surround a color with black and it looks brighter, Mm -hmm. which is also in color theory. Yeah, like color theory class. Yeah. yeah. But when you surround it with now the a void the, black, yeah. even a regular old acrylic paint looks genuinely brighter than it ever could before. Yeah. So, yeah. so I like that there could be a, like ideas of that. And structural mm-hmm. color is also really interesting. But yeah, I'm excited about that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Taryn? Do you have any stuff coming up you want to mm-hmm. talk about in art or life? <laughs> <laughs> you just restocked on pins. 
Yeah, I just I just restocked some pins because you know the holidays are coming. Oh yeah, yeah. good timing. Big Smart shopping time for a lot of people. But no, I mean I have goals to make more pins, make more designs, make more stuff in between my freelance projects. So just an overall goal to keep making stuff. It's a great <laughs> Do goal. you have actually anything like any, I don't know, just thoughts or advice? Because I don't even know if we really mentioned that, but Taryn, you're full-time freelancing now, right? Yes. Um, I'm a full-time freelance yeah (laughs) do you have any like because i know a lot of our listeners either do that or want to do that Mm -hmm. maybe do it on the side and want to learn how to move more in the direction of full time like Mm -hmm. is there is there anything about oh you're an authority figure (laughs) yeah i mean it it takes time Mm -hmm. and i sort of fell into it it came from not having work and (laughs) it came from like not being ready to jump back into a full-time job Mm -hmm. and finding myself being much more creative so I used to work I used to work at a media studio Mm -hmm. like a children's media studio Mm -hmm. and I really loved working there and then after they had layoffs I was kind of doing my own thing and I found myself a lot more creative than Mm -hmm. I had been before just like you know coming home from work sometimes you don't want to just keep jarring yeah yeah you know, creating oh, yeah. and so I just had this creative burst of energy and I didn't really want to jump right back into a nine-to-five right away and so I just picked up a few jobs here and there and worked part-time at a coffee shop and over time you just continue to build good relationships with clients you continue to build work you promote your work on Instagram mm-hmm. or Twitter or online and I don't know that everyone would enjoy being a freelancer Mm -hmm. because it requires a lot of Mm self-discipline and it does have a lot of unpredictable factors. For Um, sure. So it can be feast or famine. You could have a great couple months and then have no work for a couple months and you have to be comfortable with that. But for me, the reward is being able to do something I really enjoy doing and Mm -hmm. having flexibility with my time and Mm -hmm. my schedule. And your Um, output. Because you get to have full autonomy of what you're creating. Like you don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess for degree, yeah. what you're like your shop and like those types of things. Yes. And then the yes. freelancing is, True. yes, a little different. Yeah. There's definitely more control. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much since starting. Like I'm learning as I go, but it's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely. So do you think that part of the reason you've been able to go solo like that is because you honed in on a thing? like your your illustrations are actually honing in on your love of the images of sea creatures and stuff like i think is it good to to narrow down i actually think that my success i mean it's weird to say success yeah i totally get that yeah (laughs) any moment it could change yeah but i do think that what has helped me has actually been diversity and adaptability in what i do so for my freelance income it's a mix of motion graphics and animation work or children's publishing work or my Etsy shop or selling on like print on demand sites like Redbubble Mm -hmm. and having a very diverse income stream is super helpful. And then having lots of abilities. So like, you know, if there's no illustration work coming, I can do animation work Mm -hmm. or design work or it just adaptability is really important for a freelancer yeah that makes a lot of sense we've seen a trend in female artists just being more diverse in that Versatile, way yeah, yeah and like being more throughout open. all time truly really, yeah, yeah. yeah like whenever we go back and try and profile an artist 
who maybe didn't get a ton of recognition in their time and trying to be like, look at all the cool things this person did. It's generally like textiles and painting and drawing and like they do everything. Like there are literally no parameters and yeah, and we don't know. Well, we have guesses of why that has become yeah. kind of a gendered thing. <laughs> yeah. But we've also seen it in like exhibitions we've gone to of mm-hmm. female artists where like they're really interesting exhibitions because the versatility is like insane. It's yeah. like it doesn't look like it's the same artist yeah. because you've got ceramics and then you've got tableaus and you've got painting and then you've got like quilts and like just like all yeah. of these different things. Furniture. Like, yeah. They, yeah. Women can make everything (laughs) but there's there yeah there's just like an interesting and i don't we haven't done a sociological study on this it's just been an observation yeah but it's interesting that i think maybe there's a reason why like women are a little more likely to be more versatile in that sense i i mean i do think there's something to be said for specializing in something Mm -hmm. because i used to kind of be like well why can't i have that focus yeah yeah thing yeah but I think both ways. I mean, like to be able to do everything and be versatile is yeah. strength. Yeah, it is, and it's it's fun to talk about. Like I think that's <laughs> why we've noticed it is we get so excited talking about it. We have such a strong appreciation now for people who can just do so many things. And I don't know. It's it's almost the idea of not treating your creations like they have to be so precious and fit a certain mold, and just being open to being like. I'm just going to create as much as I can in as many different facets and just go with it. And that's, there's more interesting things that come out of that. And like you do that, Jason. So you don't really fall into this gendered thing that we're talking about. (laughs) You, but you don't put limitations. Like you work with all sorts of materials. Like you had no problem. Like when you realized that the little black dress was like the most iconic black item you could think of, no part of you was like, but that's like lady wear. No. (laughs) Yeah. Which is cool though. Like Mm -mm. that's a lady wear though. (laughs) Ladies wear those. That's that's a lady wear. (laughs) I also think it might be like a, a time thing too because I think there's definitely certain, you know, institutions or communities or situations you can get in where an artist is going to be encouraged to hone in on and to have a, a very specific, like, this is your thing. Right. And that happens a lot. And I don't know if that's just been like a, a thing that has happened, like, you know, throughout the 20th century, because we had yeah. Jackson Pollock has a very specific yeah. look. Thing. Roscoe yeah. has a very specific thing. Yes. So all these artists were encouraged to find their thing. But like, I don't know, maybe we're, we're moving into a stage of like, yeah, that's not that important <laughs> I hope, anymore. I hope <laughs> so, because that's just the way my career is. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, even when I was painting, I had three or four different series where I had multiple galleries say... Uh, we like these, but not those. And we're mm-hmm. going to stick with that because we can stick with thematic. And, mm-hmm. you know, like they wanted to spoon feed their shows, which was fine. They can curate maybe the way that they ever want, but I'm going to create the way that I want to create. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if the limitation is like, I want to make a big sculpture and I don't physically know how to do that, I'm going to find someone to help me make it. But the other thing that I really want to do and trying to do with all of this is complete exposure. I have no problem. The people who've made, helped me make these works, like being like, look, they helped. They're awesome. Mm -hmm. There's also nothing wrong. Like we don't know who all was chipping away at David with chisels. Yeah. 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 And so I'm not like, I don't have really negative opinions about other artists who, keep all that stuff behind mm-hmm. i'm just not gonna be that way yeah yeah exactly. Who, whoever's on my team that helps me like i want them to get hired or do whatever they, get whatever advantages they can out of mm-hmm. it i just feel that's the way that i want to be 
yeah. as an artist. Yeah, it's just a better representation of how art's made. And like, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know about guilds and workshops and these yeah. types of things, but it's not something that's necessarily talked about to like laymen, to people who are just yeah. viewing art, who know it on more vague level. They don't talk about right. all of the people that play into it. And it creates a mythos that can be really detrimental, I think, yeah. to art as a whole of acting like, oh, this stroke of genius from this one person and just all the ego that can get tied up in it. Yeah. And and then you can't even put that all on the artist because it goes beyond their death. Like once they're gone, then it just gets even more dramatized. And so, yeah, I, being transparent is opening up an avenue, I think, for talking about art on a just... Yeah more realistic and interesting level yeah like this is how yeah. art's made and it's more interesting it for is. the fact of all the hands that came into it versus because yeah. we don't really create art in a bubble yeah no, no one does we're so influenced yeah. by everything we see and everything we've done and it's impossible to create art in a vacuum I yeah think. Like, and i actually was thinking too like that might be why we're seeing a lot more of this like versatile approach to art too is because we're in you know the age of the internet and mm -hmm. we're all being bombarded with insane amounts of information all the time yeah. that I think our like generation's brains just don't work very well after like zeroing in yeah. on one thing. Like right. we just don't operate that way anymore because yeah. we always have a million references mm -hmm. and a million ideas running through our heads that we, right. we have to explore our ideas in different ways and can't like, we can't focus. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. Well, for, for me, part of the fun is learning something new. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's yes. like, I, I don't know. I get bored if I'm not learning something yeah, new with what I'm working on. And that's, I think, a big part of it. Yeah. And yeah, even definitely. in this conversation, like talking about the dress would have been exponentially less interesting if Taryn wasn't here to explain like why you changed certain aspects of the fit. And like, you're here to say that. And if Jason had just been like, this is my work and I did it all and <laughs> let me tell you about it. Like those little nuanced details would have just slipped through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And like, that's probably happened so much in the history of art where like oh, yeah. little interesting details about why something is the way it is have slipped through because those people are like written out and what a shame. Yeah. What a damn shame. What a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I definitely, I love the, the spirit of collaboration. I think mm. it's great. And also like it just collaboration isn't an easy thing to do. Like making no. things with people like involves, you know, you have to meet people halfway. You have to like communicate and like, or just change things because of the reality of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that is all very valid in the art making process. Yeah. You know, like those are important skills to have mm -hmm. <laughs> just as humans. <laughs> like, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's definitely something that I've learned too is like, and hopefully I'm getting better at it. It's just the, the process of collaborating, mm -hmm. just getting the ducks in a row so that if something falls, that no one's getting yelled at, yeah, you yeah. know, the deadlines are still hit. That's also a huge talent. Or I don't know, maybe I think it's a skill that, mm -hmm. that, you, can be that learned. you develop, that you can learn. You certainly don't teach it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> School of life, basically. Maybe, I think if you're a sculptor, yeah. you have to collaborate more. Because as soon as you want to get big in sculpture, that's not just you. You're going to a fa like you said, you know, yeah. boundary. Mm -hmm. You also have to obey, like, man, when I was a painter, I don't have to obey really gravity. I can paint something that looks like it's going to fall over. Mm -hmm. I like to think about <laughs> sculpture as a yeah. 
collaboration with gravity. That's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that... <laughs> I'm collaborating I'm with collaborating the forces with of gravity. nature. <laughs> Damn. You, you are. Yeah. Just got deep. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, we just crossed the threshold there. Whoa. Is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on about the dress, about last night, about like your work together, really anything at all that you wanted to... No, I think that's about it. If anyone ever has any questions for me about my work or anything, I'm very accessible as well. Like mm -hmm. on my website, there's a contact button and I love answering questions or even any sort of feedback. So yeah, if anyone has any questions, like I'm an open book all the time. It might take me a couple of days just because I'm busy, but yeah, especially people inevitably have questions about the paint. Yeah. I like to see successful uses of it. So I've helped many artists, since we last spoke especially, I've helped many artists just figure out how to get it into their works successfully. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm available to talk mm -hmm. more and there, there'll be more works coming out in 2019. And I would say if anybody wants to ask me anything, just find me on Instagram and send me a message. And We'll link all your stuff yeah. so they can find you easy from here. Easy peasy. Yeah. All right, let's do a quick listener mail. Before we wrap this guy up. All right. We got a very sweet listener mail from Teresa. All right, Teresa. So the subject is Gottfried Helmwein. Hello. I know that your Gottfried Helmwein episode was a while back, but I just wanted to say what an impact this episode has had on me. I have been binge listening to your podcast for a while now and absolutely love what you ladies are contributing to the world of podcasts. I am by no means an art expert, but I love all things creative, and I'm always drawn to things in my physical environment that have been mindfully designed. I have loved art and architecture for as long as I can remember, but have always struggled with the importance of these things for human existence. Don't get me wrong, I have always had a strong sense of its importance. My struggle has always concerned more of my objective mind's need for knowing why it's important. I have never been exposed to Helmwein's work until listening to your episode, and it triggered in me such a strong, unequivocal feeling of this. This is why art is important. This is such an example of what Sarah Blonin means when she says, we are here to feel. Art makes us feel, and feeling is one of the most important aspects of our existence. The fact that this episode followed the craft and morality episode, which also excited me beyond belief, really solidified this sense of peace concerning my relationship with art. Of course, I had always heard this reasoning for the importance of art, but your episode made me feel this reasoning. Sorry for my ramblings. I was just so hyped about this epiphany that your show ignited that I had to share. Thank you so much for sharing your passion. Cheers, Teresa. Thank you for your super oh. kind words, Teresa. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that is why I love Helmbein's work. Like, and that is what drew me into him. And like, it's been, gosh, I'm coming up on like eight years now of kind of being obsessed with him mm -hmm. and what he creates. So it's definitely emotionally charged stuff. And yeah, yeah like yeah. I just love getting messages like this. Like I love hearing the specific episodes that reach people in certain ways. Yeah. And I don't know, that's just such like a really beautifully like broken yeah. down experience. I was going like to say, I'm getting like tingles again as I'm reading it because I feel like Teresa and I have a lot of feelings in common around <laughs> art and maybe just like insecurities around art and and that's not something that's talked about often but like yeah yeah definitely. I got insecurities around art and love you Teresa <laughs> and you're awesome Teresa 
But yeah, thanks so much for writing in. If you have any thoughts or feelings or insecurities, email us, arthistorywaves at gmail.com. We love getting the emails. As you know, we do our best to read and respond to as many as we can. I actually have this like plan. I'm going to like hammer out a weekend at some point and just try and go through the backlog of all of our emails. I will do that with you. (laughs) We can sit with a bottle of wine and just like... That would be amazing because there's like so many of you have sent in such great emails and then we get busy. and And we read them all like we they all get read yeah yeah and we just like have over the years gotten really busy and and just missed a lot of them or or haven't been able to respond and like i want to sit down and respond to all of you because you're all just wonderful and we really appreciate you so that's gonna happen those of you that sent us emails back in 2016 be on the lookout (laughs) it's it's coming (laughs) it's coming it's coming for you the great response wave Uh, yeah (laughs) we're gonna make it happen because we even tried we have another one that i still haven't released but we've done a couple q a episodes oh jeez We still have Q&A too coming out. We have done a couple of those and like those are great, but still you can only read like five or six emails. Yeah, we think it's going to be, we have a like list of 10 and then we get to like five and it's like an hour and a half. We're like, shit. Yeah, exactly. Those, those get lengthy. So we're going to do our best to just like get back to all y'all. We're all just doing our best. And that's all you can do really. (laughs) But thank you so much for listening to this stuff. If you're interested in this, if you want to see more about both the event at the MFA and just like our trip to Boston, we're going to be putting out a lot of video content on our youtube channel so definitely check out our youtube channel get subscribed to that was it like hit the bell so you get the notifications and all of the things (laughs) sure um share i thought you were making a boston reference with it when you started with hit the bell isn't that philadelphia but we (laughs) there was a bell at paul revere's house there was a bell bell reference at one of the bars we went to i feel like bells were big here are bells no. big in Boston? <laughs> They're around. When you when you tip the bartender, sometimes they'll have one. Oh, see? that's fun. A good, it has to be a good tip. But mm. I don't know that that's a... There was a bell at Paul Revere's house. Like a big bell. I've seen some bells Boston since I've been here. That's all I'm trying to say. Just seen some bells. Yeah, we also went to... Paul Revere's house, which was a fun touristy like history thing that yeah. we did. So, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, I think what more might be a Boston thing that you see occasionally is a full on shillelagh hanging behind the bar. What is a shillelagh? Like a stick to beat people with. Oh, oh. my god, <laughs> that is Welcome like the Boston. most unassuming <laughs> name for a weapon. A yeah. shillelagh? shillelagh? That's a weapon. Yeah. Actually, Welcome I know that, but only because they play Dungeons and yeah. Dragons. Oh. oh, really? That's, That's awesome. the only reason I know what that is. That's awesome. Yeah, Makes more sense in Dungeons and Dragons than it does in bar It's been around so long, you're like, I bet they had a functional one at one time. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. <laughs> Follow us on all the social medias. If you like us and you want to help us out and you like our content, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash arthistorybabes and help us keep this thing going. We appreciate all you, and we appreciate Jason and Taryn for being here today. Thanks, guys. guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this is great. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Anybody else? Guys. All right. All right. Peace out, y'all. Bye. I'm okay. I mean, she's fine. Yeah, she's she's doing fine. Yeah. Yeah.
can tell because um, we we all like we also take like outcuts okay. that, like outtakes and stuff. So like yeah, keep talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, May wants you to pet her, so she like comes over and barks, but she stays just out of reach, and she like won't. <laughs> yeah, so you have to like go she to wants. her. <laughs> Playing hard to get. But keep in a distance. <laughs> keep in a They've d- been burned in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Not by me. I don't know who did it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, you gotta wa- you gotta guard your heart. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, when May walks up to you, she'll stop three feet short and is like, You have to prove that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Is your mic on? Nope. <laughs> the guy's supposed to go in 80% and then the girl comes right. in the last 20 and it's like the biggest eye roll moment. But that's <laughs> that's May's game. She's going to come that's in. May's game is the 80-20. <laughs> yeah, 80-20. And she's like, yeah. how much do you want it? Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much true. That's funny. <laughs> she's a good girl. <laughs> she is a good girl. She's very cute and very uh-huh. disproportionate. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Which in, makes her that much cuter. Yeah, in the best way. <laughs> yeah. Disproportion is adorable. Like, I don't get it, but it just is. No, I think it makes for adorable dogs. <laughs> yeah. Corgis. That that was yeah. a trend, yeah. right? Yeah. Wasn't that totally a... Yep. Corgis were a trend? That's well, funny. they definitely are in, in uh, if you go to the... When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. <laughs> 